0: Today in current events from a Christian perspective, I've seen a ton of weird things coming from the internets regarding end times and Israel and Jerusalem and all the rest, all these wars, and I wanted to give my take on the whole thing. You may like what I have to say. You may think this guy's really weird and crazy and throw your phone in the trash. I hope this helps you understand the world from a biblical perspective instead of believing every weird theory online. After all, 2 Timothy 4, 3. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they'll accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. I'm Matt Odegaard, and this is Church Public. All right, regarding end times and current events, there's two dangers here. There is a ditch on both sides of the road, metaphorically speaking. On the one side, you may pick a random Bible verse and compare it to current events saying that this will lead to Jesus coming back next Tuesday at 4 p.m., And the answer is no, that's not how any of this works. And we'll actually look at the biblical reason for why. The other side of the ditch, though, is ignoring this whole thing, thinking it doesn't make any difference at all, which, of course, it does. And this attack and this war and any war of consequence does matter. And it does have ramifications. It does have consequences into the world as we live. So we need to figure out how to think biblically about the end times. So I wanted to give you several points to consider as we think about it. first jesus said no one knows the day of his return this is rather important and we need to make sure that we understand that this is matthew 24 36 jesus himself saying but concerning that day and hour no one knows not even the angels of heaven nor the son that's jesus talking about himself but the father only so it's really important to understand that jesus reminds us we don't know when this is going to happen So to say it's next Tuesday at 4 p.m., we can't say that. Jesus himself said, we can't say that. Secondly, Jesus' return could be any moment. This is actually good news, and we'll talk about this more in a moment. But this is all over the place. 1 Thessalonians 5.2, Hebrews 10.23, 2 Peter 3.10, etc., etc. It's all over the New Testament. Here's just one of them. 1 Thessalonians 5.2, Paul says, For you yourselves are fully aware the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. In other words, Jesus' return could be at any moment. And this is also good news and really important. So this is what we have to understand. We don't know when it's going to be, so we can't say it's next Tuesday at 4 p.m., But we also know that it could be at any time. So we have to put those things together and not fall into either side of this problem. That's the first and second point. The third point is, there have been many attacks on Jerusalem in history. There just have been many. I thought about giving you examples of this through history, but I thought your eyes would glaze over and you'd slip into a coma. So I'm not going to do that for you today. At any rate, you can research as much as you want and realize that there have been many, many attacks on Jerusalem in history, starting all the way back just after Jesus died, was crucified, and rose again and ascended into heaven to the be at the right hand of the Father, Matthew 28. So, you know, to say that this attack is unique, I don't know. I don't know if you can say that. We'll only know that when we are further down in history and we look back and go, oh, maybe there was something here. But again, we won't know that until much, much later, because there have been many attacks on Jerusalem in history. Fourth, Wars and rumors of wars are always happening. This is another one of those verses that we hear all the time. You're hearing of r- wars and rumors of wars, and therefore Jesus will come back next Tuesday at 4 p.m. But wars have been also happening for all of history, literally all of history. You could start at zero when, when Jesus uh, is, is introduced into the world and incarnated, but the reality is wars happened way before that and way after that, and they're still happening because wars and rumors of wars are always happening. Fifth, other signs that people point to, like natural disasters, signs and wonders, people claiming to be Jesus, or depraved living, and living going really, really bad, and people doing really, really bad things. You could say it's worse than it ever has been, but again, if you've studied any kind of history, you know that it's been pretty bad before, uh, and this is bad, but not necessarily the worst it's ever been. We need to make sure we understand that These things, even the signs and wonders, even the natural disasters, even people claiming to be Jesus, which there have been a lot of over the years as well, and and the depraved living. Man, if you want, well, I'm not even going to go there in history, but there's a lot of people throughout history that have lived in terrible, terrible ways. So we can't say this is the worst ever. Although, as we all know, it's pretty bad. Sixth, this is a word, this is a biblical word, and I try not to use like super, super complicated biblical words because biblical scholars, if you're looking at the books behind me, if you're just listening, there's books behind me, and the people that write these books in these books behind me use really, really big words, and one of those words happens to be hermeneutics, and hermeneutics is one of those words that we just don't talk about very often, at least I don't because it's a big word and I want to make sure that this is understandable and we all know what we're talking about when we say these words because words make a difference and words matter, after all, what is a woman? But. That's a topic for a different day. Hermeneutics is the principle of biblical interpretation. For example, we don't read the present into biblical history. We read the Bible for what it says, and then we move from the Bible out to where we are today. What I'm seeing a lot of on the interwebs and otherwise is people starting with today and going, see, this is exactly what it said 2,000 years ago, and we need to be really careful doing that. Hermeneutics, as a good practice, the principle of Bible Bible interpretation, starts with the Bible, what it said, what it means, what the author wrote, and goes forward into where we are today. And we have to be really careful about doing that, because otherwise we, we back ourselves into corners. And I could point to, again, I started making a list, and I'm not going to read it for you today, but there are many, 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 quote-unquote pastors and preachers who have said the end is... Tuesday at 4 p.m. on 1984 and in 1987 and in 2001 or the year 2000 when this whole 99 end of the world thing happened. I mean, there have been a lot of people who have said the end of the world is going to be and then it wasn't. So we got to be really careful reading backwards and we need to instead start with the Bible, read it, do what it says. Seventh point, apocalyptic literature. It's another big word. Apocalyptic just means end times. It just means Uh, when there is a point in history where something changes. What we're talking about specifically here is when Jesus returns, which he will, which is good news. But there is literature throughout the Bible. There's Ezekiel, Daniel. um, There's obviously Revelation. These show more how things are going to happen and not necessarily when. I know numbers theory. I know Jewish numbers theory. I know all of these things. You can say, well, what about the years and the times and the multiplications and all these things? Okay, okay. We can work through that. But ultimately, we have to start with the first thing we talked about that Jesus himself said, (laughs) no one knows the hour. Got to keep coming back to the main thing. Because that's really important. And if Jesus tells you something, I would say you should probably pay attention to that. So this apocalyptic literature is more, I I look at it more as a window than a map. It shows us how things are going to be, but not necessarily when things are going to be. Got to be careful with that. Eighth thing, I know this, is, this list is getting long, but I think this is my last point. And this is going to be actually probably the most unpopular point. I have had this conversation in real life with people many times where they are more than frustrated, frustrated with me saying this, but it really is the culmination of everything we've been talking about so far. And that is the fact that it's possible, biblically possible, that Jesus may not come again for a hundred years or a thousand years or even 10,000 years. I know this is the point where you just take your your phone and you get really frustrated and you throw it in the pond next to you and you just walk away steaming. Okay, but this is biblically possible. I know you're gonna point me to some verses that say, you know, even as the day is approaching, we're gonna actually look at that verse in a moment, but it's important to understand that it may be longer. The fact is, once again, Jesus said, we don't know when. And we need to lean into that because if Jesus says he doesn't know when, he's doing something. God is doing something. He's creating something on this earth. We can point to different places of what that is and why that is, but ultimately it's God's will, God's plan that is being unfolded. And this idea that Jesus might not come for a long time has actually been the prevailing view of the church for centuries up until the modern age. Why do you think they spent literally hundreds of years building one cathedral at a time? What would be the point of spending all of this time and money and literal decades and decades if they thought Jesus was coming tomorrow? But these are the two sides of the ditch. You can't say Jesus is never going to come, but you can't believe that he, it might be Tuesday at 4 p.m., So we have to live in the middle of that, which is a tension. It's a place of tension, and it's a place of mystery. And I know some people just want the answer now. And the answer is not that clear. So what do we take from all of this? Jesus is coming back. This is the good news. This is the news that we need to lean on as much as possible. We need to know that Jesus is coming back. He tells us that over and over again. So then we see wars, rumors of wars, natural disasters, fighting, bad rulers, and all of this All of these things show us that we need Jesus and we need him a lot. And the good news is he is coming back. This is pretty great. So then to the point at hand, to the topic of the day that I've been hearing all over the interwebs and everywhere else, is the war in Israel an end time sign? The answer is yes, but we still don't know when. What is God doing? We don't know exactly, but God is advancing his kingdom. And here are some scriptural reasons generally that God does his things. First, God could be pouring out his wrath. We don't know. But Romans, Paul tells us that the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. That may be what he's doing. I don't know. I can't say. I'm not going to pretend to say. That's just a reason sometimes that God does things. That's what Paul tells us. Then, It could be that people are saved to the praise of God's glory. I'm not going to show you this verse on the screen. I'm just going to point you to Ephesians 1 and say, in Ephesians 1, Paul talks all about how God just does things because he does and because the glory of God is what it is. And and God reveals things and he does things because he is God. So is this a fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy? Maybe. Maybe. Once again, we won't know until it happens, and probably a long time after that. Is Israel being punished for the rebellion of Old Testament Jews? I would say no. Read Ezekiel 18. You are punished for your sins and not the sins of your father. I just have one of those verses here. Ezekiel 18, 20. The son shall not suffer for the iniquity of the father, nor the father suffer the iniquity of the son. So it's important to remember, you are responsible for your sins, not your father's, not your father's father's. That's what the Bible tells us. So what does all of this mean? Israel, Jerusalem, they're important in God's kingdom. They show up again and again and again, from Psalms all the way till the end. And they're at the center of this in Jerusalem, for centuries, thousands of years at this point, there's been a lot of spiritual and real warfare, and we've seen that. So we also need to be ready. We don't know when, but we should be ready for Jesus to return, while at the same time making disciples, Matthew 28. Again, a great verse, a great passage. You should read through that today. We need to know because that's what God has told us to do. And then finally, what I'd like to end on is that we need to connect with other believers. This really is the key that we need to do and and do now. Uh, I'll read this out of Hebrews 10. Um, Therefore, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for for he who promised is faithful, and let us consider how we may spur one another on, towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. This is talking about the inevitable return of Jesus Christ, which is a wonderful and joyful and exciting occurrence. However, in the meantime, until that day actually happens, we need to gather with other believers, build one another up, love one another the best that we can, because that is what God has called us to do. And it's really, really important. So we end where the Bible ends in Revelation 2220 saying, come Lord Jesus. For Church Public, I'm Matt Odegaard, and as always, I hope that you will keep the faith. Thanks again for joining Church Public today. Really appreciate you coming by. If this has been helpful for you, you can like, subscribe, share, do all of the things. And if you feel like supporting, you can go to churchpublic.com support. I'll bring you current events from a Christian perspective to help you live out your faith. As always, I hope that you love God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. We'll see you next time.